0: Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. Hello, Deacon Bob. Father Dave. How are you? I'm doing great. And Father Dave, do you know how in the fall of 2023 you spell the word redemption? You spell it this way. B-A-K-E-R. That's right. I'm talking Baker Mayfield. This is his comeback season. He had a great preseason game with the Bucs. The NFL is back-ish. I don't know what you would call preseason, but it's it's, it's an exciting time. And um,
1: are we really supposed to take serious the first preseason game for the Bucks?
0: Yes, we are because it's a quarterback. They're 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 going back and forth between Baker and Kyle Trask, and Baker was better. Mm, okay. All right, well, you know, some... we haven't talked about, speaking of football, we have not yet talked about your new coach of your Broncos.
1: <laughs> okay, so I know, Sean Payton. And, and they lost. So it was funny because they played the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I'm in Arizona with my mom and my family here, oh, and wow. which is a, a story even getting here. So we'll maybe pick that up later. But So I got home just in time to watch the fourth quarter between the Cardinals, which is where obviously my family is now in Denver, which is where I grew up in at least Colorado. So yeah, uh, Sean Payton. It's going to be interesting to see how he does there. Let's Although recap you heard it for, not- the,
0: for the religious that listen to the show, and this is their only source of sports whatsoever. Let's recap. You're what You're what welcome. Sean Payton did uh, a couple weeks ago.
1: Uh, he basically threw the previous coat. If he didn't just <laughs> throw him under the bus, he threw him under the bus, ran him over, stopped, backed up, did it again.
0: He said he was and, the worst coach in the history of the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this and is the guy who's the quarterback coach now of the New York Jets. So Aaron right. Rodgers uh, was, not, was not pleased with And one with of the first Sean games
1: Payton. or one of the early games of the season, maybe a Sunday or Monday night game, is the Jets and the Broncos. Yeah. So that's I, think it's, I think it's
0: week five. What, does, it, what it, is the official Day That Hope opinion on Sean Payton? Because I, I liked the Saints – but then there was that right. whole Bounty Gate thing where he admitted to paying his players money if he injured other players,
1: which that is wasn't, basically that wasn't good the what. Well, it's entire isn't that the purpose of the defensive line? <laughs> not extra so, money. Not okay, extra, extra money. money. Okay, I. It'll yeah. be interesting because they've obviously got uh, Wilson, who did not have a good year last year, right. but Peyton does from well. The yeah, he does well with you know quarterbacks like that. So I predict the. Denver Broncos will not be in the playoffs. You heard okay. it here first, folks. You heard Gotta it here first.
0: And the right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not be. They, either. they will win. They will win the NFC South. Okay, it's you heard it here. Bar. It's a You heard bar. it here. Here, um, Baker Bob Mayfield, and I are season of redemption. Bob
1: and I are going to have a bet. Whoever has the bigger, the best record, the Broncos or the uh, Buccaneers, the other person has to shave their head.
0: Um, no, which that's I not do. really fair. Which I do, which I do once hair. a week. How about that? How about which... you have to wear a wig for a week? Okay, that would be fine. the more reasonable thing to do. I don't think hey, so. Um, yeah. I have another question, and this is, okay. I, I get confused. Now I'm going to talk about golf, which is more your okay. purview than yep. mine. Do yep. we like Phil Mickelson or do we not like Phil Mickelson? That's well, a really didn't good we question. We like Phil Mickelson, and now we're not sure <laughs> about <laughs> Phil Mickelson. Um,
1: I, it's, it's kind of a joke between me and a buddy of mine. Um, I kind of like Phil Mickelson and in the reality is, is everything he just talked about related to LIV and PGA turned out to be true and right. So from that perspective, he got put raked over the coals, but he was right. Now, the fact that he's bet a billion dollars yeah, is, no, seriously,
0: <laughs> over 30 years, this just came out. He bet a billion dollars over 30 years on sports stuff. Yeah. That makes me sad. Actually, I think that's just more like a sign of addiction than anything else, right?
1: No, but so the thing about that, and, and the only thing that's new news is how much he's bet. I mean, it's yeah. it's been he's he's made no qualms about that that he really enjoys gambling and and I guess now that means bet. I don't know loss, wins or anything like that. Right, right, right. Um, and and you know I don't care how much money you have. That's a lot of money, and that's probably crazy. But <laughs> I I've, I've I've traditionally kind of liked Phil Mickelson. Um, he loved. I mean, he's the fans. The fans love him.
0: Yeah, you my know? dad loved him.
1: So yeah, was, yeah. So you know, the fans so. love him. So that's what matters. So that's our official, official there. You now I went to a baseball game last night, which was really, really fun. Um, it was that's fun, like and it was also, it was also kind of emotional. It was um, the Diamondbacks and the Padres. So I went with my brother, my dad. Well, the last game we went to there was with my brother Mark and my brother Dad and my brother Tom. So Tom and I, it's like we're the we're the last men standing here. Come on, man, hold on. Right. So it was it was me, uh, four of my nephew, four of my nephews, um, my brother in law, my sister, and my niece's boyfriend. So it was just great. We got there early, had a beer. I mean, it was great. It was just so much fun just to be with the brothers and the guys night out. So it
0: was great. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, I have a question for you about baseball. So. I remember uh, you gave an amazing homily. You might even remember this. It was forever ago, it seemed. But you talked about um, how baseball is a great analogy to our spiritual life, because if you, you know, hit one out of three, you're in the Hall of Fame. And I always thought that was a wonderful, wonderful thing. But I've recently, now that I've gone to some games, I noticed that they, they publicly humiliate you with an error number. On yeah. the scoreboard itself, yeah. and yeah. though apparently this season there's—I don't know if you've heard of it—there's a bit of a controversy mm. that the the errors are like way down, like things that would normally be called errors have not they're been being, called.
1: They're, they're being more merciful.
0: That's well, they're being more I merciful, haven't... and but some of it they're saying it's because of the shot clock that. Uh, the speed at which the game is being played, normally the time it would take to kind of look over that and be like, eh, I think you maybe could have caught that. And oh, that's me. interesting. Um, that's
1: interesting. I haven't heard about a, that. I will, I will look into that and I will have an opinion on it next week.
0: Okay. That's fantastic.
1: That's great. People are like, I cannot wait. They're already setting their this, clock. This
0: is going to be so good. What's going to be, gonna be so Father good. Dave's
1: opinion on uh, that? Yeah. Yeah, but that's awesome. good. Okay, so real quick, because we said we were not going to do this forever, because our first section gets a little long sometimes. So we're uh, working it's on not that. Folks. An
0: interesting part of the show, but go
1: on. We're working on the folks. Okay, so we're each going to give a movie review. I watched a movie on a flight called The Covenant. Have you seen it? Okay. Mm,
0: yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. Is that with Leonardo I, DiCaprio?
1: No, it's with Jake somebody. Gillenthal? Yeah, yeah, Jake Ellenthal. So he's a GI in Afghanistan. I'm still mad about
0: what he did to uh, Taylor Swift, but keep
1: going. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, GI in in Afghanistan. Oh, right, and he goes
0: back for his interpreter.
1: Right, right. It's uh, The language is tough. I'll, I'll give okay. you that. If you're going to watch the movie, language is kind of tough sometimes. But, I mean, they're military guys. Uh, it's really, I thought it was a really moving movie. Yeah. So it was, it was a great, it was a great movie to watch on a plane because I wouldn't watch it somewhere else. And then you, we watched very similar movies, very violent movies.
0: Yeah. I'm, this is almost the exact same. I think it's, I watched yeah, Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, uh, yeah, which is yeah. really quite fun. I saw it with my son Aiden and for a kid's cartoon movie, it was really fun to sit through. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it had a very, very cool animated look to it and yeah. uh, fun story, good action. Good times all around.
1: Well, my nephew that I was, my great nephew that I was just with, he is already telling me that he's going to be a Ninja Turtle. He's four. He's going okay. to be a Ninja Turtle at this uh, Halloween. So he's, a, he's planning ahead.
0: It's a good thing to aspire to. Hey, before That's we cool. finish up our sports section, I know you love to talk about soccer, but we have to say two things. First of all, Messi, eight goals in five games. He's tearing Jeez. things up. Uh, uh-huh. Apparently there's this whole thing called a league cup which now Inter Miami is probably going to win. Uh, he's getting the golden boot of that particular cup and it's absolutely nuts. And then this weekend the Premier League started, uh, which is okay. the top league in English soccer, and on Sunday Chelsea and Liverpool fought their way to a thrilling 1-1 draw. And Man City's probably oh, going to win it again.
1: You know, people people listen if they have a choice of listening to our uh, advertisement or our soccer reviews. They fast forward through the soccer and listen
0: to <laughs> her. That is not so, right. Okay, if you're a soccer fan, email me at hope at franciscan dot edu and and let me know your favorite soccer team. And the women's uh national team are still not in the world cup. But here's one last thing. I read something that after they were out of the world cup, do you know how many American born female soccer players were still in the World Cup? Twenty eight.
1: <laughs> oh really? <laughs>
0: Well, they're just yeah, going all these different been, like, a, a lot of players that are still out there are actually American born dual citizens. They went to another country probably figuring they wouldn't be able to make the women's national team. And uh, so That's we've really fine. populated the world with some amazing female soccer players and good friends. That's, That's funny. That's uh, funny. America
1: populating the world. That's our story.
0: <laughs> well, we normally have a promo right now, but you know what? We're going to save the promo a little bit later because it ties in really well with what we're going to close with. Uh, if you're okay. watching the uh, podcast, you might notice that, though I am in my familiar Steubenville office surroundings, uh, Father Dave looks like he is uh, at a place where there was a sale at Cracker Bale.
1: I'm in my office. Uh, I've yeah. just changed and, and I've re-furnished re, uh, my office. So I can't, see, I've gotta, I can't
0: see it very clearly. It really looks like there's a hand-stitched Home Sweet Home in the background.
1: Uh, there, it's quite possibly that there is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've... Uh, yeah I've, there's my <laughs> my sister's rosary stand that she has about 60 rosaries so we can yeah. talk about that that's that's part of our theme later okay yeah. so there are there are two things that uh bob and i were going to talk about uh the most beautiful things and places we've ever been and travel horror stories getting there so yeah, yeah. getting home the other day so i was supposed to go tampa i did a, a wonderful retreat with the uh, the um Marion servants of divine providence down in tampa was just beautiful yeah a lovely lovely retreat and i was going there to go home spend some time with my mom and my family uh and it's supposed to be tampa denver phoenix the plane is all messed up so they say you know if you get off right now you can get on another flight and go through houston get home tonight however your luggage won't make it so it was a decision i made to be separated from my luggage but i thought i'd rather be home yeah. Uh so my luggage uh did not end up getting here for about 36 hours but I think <laughs> cuz the thing that's crazy is you can now track your luggage so my luggage got right. into town in and they gave my luggage to the luggage delivery person at 7:03 in the morning and I got it at 9:58 at night. The guy <laughs> shows up. The guy shows up. I wasn't here. I was with my I was at the ball game. My sister said, Dave, go through your luggage. He 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 was stoned. He smelled like dope. And I'm sure so. I had to go through <laughs> my luggage to see. I said, hey, there's nothing in there. I can see, you know, we're going to find on the internet some right. drugged out guy in a habit taking pictures of himself. <laughs> so it's not like the life they were going to do. But it was, it was quite the trip, getting home. Wow. But it worked fine. It worked nice. fine.
0: That can't be your but worst you, travel story, though.
1: It's not. It's not. It's not. There's been worse. Well, the worst is getting to Austria and going transatlantic three times. Right. But we've talked. But we've talked about
0: that. Yeah. yeah Did I ever talk to you about that. my Malaysia trip? Nah. I, just remind me. Okay, I'll remind you, and of course, all the listeners. I just didn't know if I've told the story on the podcast before. I. Oh. Um, When I first started teaching at Franciscan— And when you say
1: say all the listeners, you mean both of the listeners, but go ahead.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, they've caught up now. They fast-forwarded through the soccer stuff, so now they're they're picking up. Um, uh, I—gosh, this is maybe about 15 years ago. I got an email to speak at a youth conference in Malaysia. And I got to tell you, I was pretty proud of myself because, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean— Malaysia. And Malaysia. It's on the other side of the planet earth. I looked at flights and uh, it was 32 hours if I went west or 32 and a half hours if I went east. So it was just going to be a really, really long trip. Now I've never gone anywhere farther than Italy before. So I'd, you know, I'd, I'd done like eight hours trips, but I never did yeah. anything that insane. So I... Nobody explained this to me, or at least maybe I was just kind of dumb. So I decided that since they wanted me there for the weekend, I would fly out on Wednesday, get in on Thursday, do the conference Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then fly back
1: on Monday. You you, played that well. Yeah. You played that well. Yeah,
0: it was – it was painful. Like I – didn't recover for a solid two weeks. I was wide awake at night. I was, I was like dozing off while I'm trying to teach classes. The kicker of the whole thing was um, at one point I'm at dinner with everybody before the conference is beginning. And, you know, I'm like, so uh, how would you guys hear of me? You know, right? How did my fame reach all the way to, you know, this part of the world? This, this and one part of Africa. Yeah, yeah. One of them said, oh, we're huge fans of your music. And I was like, oh. I'm like, well, what's your favorite song? I'll make sure I play it tonight. And they said, rise up. Now, Rise Up was one of the Steubenville Summer Conference theme songs, most of which I've written, not that one. And I went, I didn't sing Rise Up. That was a guy named Chris Paget, And they went, oh, and like the table got like really quiet. And then somebody said, do you have his number? <laughs> And sure enough, next year Chris Paget was headlining the Malaysia Youth Conference. It was That's uh, so funny. It was an exciting trip from beginning to end. A- though That's actually, so I have to say that um, it was really awesome. Malaysia is beautiful. It was gorgeous. The people were amazing. I would never been uh, in a non-European-esque culture yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Malaysia yeah. is predominantly Muslim, and uh, they, they have their youth conference during Ramadan because all the schools are shut down, so all the Catholic kids are available to do stuff. And, um, yeah, that was, even though the travel was kind of crazy, the experience uh, was really That's beautiful. Cool.
1: That's cool. Yeah, no, I was just thinking, the reason I raised the question with Bob about the most beautiful things, I often get asked, what's the most beautiful place you've ever been? And, and I always ask them to qualify it because... It depends. I mean, are you talking about a religious place or just yeah. sheer beauty? Cause mom and I are uh, going to Yosemite tomorrow. And it's one mm-hmm. of the, honestly, it's one of the few places. Have you been there? Have you been to Yosemite? No. no it's, yeah.
0: is, is there an indoor version of that somewhere?
1: There, There is. It's it's called the IMAX. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: awesome. I think you'll yeah. Love it. Oh, I've been I there think the you'll love it. Yeah, <laughs> I think
1: you'll love it. I think you'll love it. But it's, uh, it's one of the few places in the States that I've not been that I really want to see. So we're going to go and spend a couple of days there. Um, are but, you going to go you know, glamping just,
0: with Mar- Margie?
1: Margie, no, Margie and I are—we're just going to hotel it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. We're just—we're not—we're not even going to try that. Yeah, yeah. No, glamping is not where Mom's at right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I honestly, I think some of the most beautiful places. One of the answers I always give, and you'll probably say the same, is um, watching the sun rise over the Sea of Galilee. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, of all the most beautiful amazing things that i've seen I, I love the scripture it says early in the morning as the sun was rising and jesus walked along the shore and there's all the debate about what happened where but the sea of galilee is just it's just beautiful so that's one of it and the other is just a beautiful place in santorini greece it's you know there was a volcano and the i mean eons ago that blew out and the ocean filled it up and the city is on the edge on the top of the crown of this mm. volcano it's just exquisite. So. I mean I, you have too we've both been blessed to be able to see so many wonderful beautiful things but the grand canyon is beautiful uh but i'm looking forward to seeing Yosemite
0: oh that that will be cool i actually wouldn't mind seeing that someday yeah i would say um certainly i remember when i did go to the holy land and i was i was just stunned at how gorgeous it was you know yeah. the the wildflowers uh the palm trees you know like i don't know why I had an image of like Jesus just walked around in dirt all the time, and yeah, yeah, desert. Um, and but particularly Galilee, that area is is just, isn't it? I mean, the, the rolling hills into the into the sea. I mean, it it, it really is an amazing place. Um, Assisi, I I remember just being so stunned at the beauty and the peace of Assisi. That was you know that always stands yeah. out in my mind as, as a as a wonderful place. You know, that's one of the things can, this, I qualify
1: to. Is a favorite place. When people like a favorite place, oh, the, tomb yeah. of, the tomb of Francis. The tomb of Francis is in the top view.
0: I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah and cool. we should pray for the folks in uh, Maui especially. Oh, Bob, isn't that awful? Oh, yeah. It's heartbreaking. But I would say that, and that you've been there. You know, you've been, uh, there. You've been there before. Hawaii is one of the most beautiful places I've ever Everywhere you look, it's like a postcard shot. I mean, it really is. No,
1: have you been to Maui? Which
0: Which one is Honolulu in it?
1: Honolulu is not on Maui.
0: No. Okay. Well, I've been to the one where Honolulu is. Okay. Okay.
1: That is Oahu. Ah, indeed.
0: But no, I have not been to Maui. Maui's the big island, is that right? No,
1: the big island is
0: Hawaii. Right. So once again, I'm really glad we prepped for this. But certainly <laughs> we but Maui's where the fires were, right? Yes. They were. Okay. So that's certainly we want to pray for the people of Maui. Um, yeah just it's just so sad um you know and i I hear it's like I, like the highest death tolls of any u.s fire they um, it's
1: it's awful Bob have, have you seen some of the pictures it looks like yeah. honestly I, it, it looks like a, a nuclear bomb went off yeah I mean it's just it's just awful they said that they were. I uh, was watching a press conference. They, I think, they found a hundred people, but there's a thousand people missing. It's just awful. I wasn't. Yeah. It was kind of the thing. This whole thing was going on when I was on this retreat, and I saw it actually on the news when I was flying. Yeah. It's like it's just it's just awful. Yes, Bob. I'm glad you mentioned that. We need to pray for that. And pray for those people. Yeah.
0: Amen. So, hey, speaking of prayer requests, uh, this is kind of getting a little bit off the subject, but uh, we did mention last week about the Ohio vote, which sadly did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a petition to try to make the changing of the Constitution as opposed to a 50% to a 60%, because in the November ballot, uh, they're putting forward a vote to change the Constitution, uh, which would take away, I I believe Ohio is one of the few states that have a constitutional ban against abortion. But I was reading something somewhere, Dave, that it just seems like kind of across the board, a lot of these pro-life initiatives seem to be losing. And the usual argument is you know we need to make sure that women, you know if a doctor needs to do something that a doctor's able to do that. Um, and there's just a lot of misinformation that's out there, but it's it's kind of heartbreaking and probably another good thing to pray for that yeah. I just don't I just don't feel like the pro-life movement is able to get the word out, you know that an abortion is an intentional ending of a life, and those medical procedures usually wouldn't be considered under abortion anyway. But once you just kind of get the language of abortion removed, well suddenly you have a lot of different reasons to to be able now, to do
1: that. In, in it, I was I was disheartened that it that it didn't pass, although I didn't expect it to pass you know oh, really? and I was hoping that it would now I, I, yeah, I was sharing with Fresh I would be really surprised if it passed but um, one of the things is just the uh, the ignorance maybe but. Like one of the commentators was saying, the only thing that Catholics are worried about is abortion. They don't do anything else other than trying to fight abortion, which is so ridiculous. And I mean, they don't understand that the the number two organization in the country, other than the federal government, is the Catholic Church uh, of yeah. giving care and aid and 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 then she, they say, well, d- does the Catholics actually do anything for babies that are born? It's like, I mean, it's just it's so ridiculous, right. but. But, but they're much better I mean the, the pro-choice side is much better organized uh, yeah. they put in something like three million dollars of outside money into this uh, defeating this in, in Ohio so yeah we continue to pray and we many continue in the, to move many forward. in the
0: media of course are leaning that oh, way anyway
1: so. absolutely 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 yeah so yeah good yeah we continue to pray for that as well
0: yeah amen all right well let's now do our promo let's that's a good idea Yesterday we celebrated the Feast of the Assumption of Mary. We love our Blessed Mother, and on September 14th and 15th, Franciscan University is hosting a free International Marian Symposium. Come here expert scholars about how Mary is the mother of all people and her important role in our redemption by Christ. You'll grow in your knowledge of church teachings and deepen your love for our Blessed Mother. This free conference is co-sponsored by Franciscan University and the International Marian Association. You can register at franciscan.edu slash marion dash symposium. That's franciscan.edu slash marion dash symposium.
1: Well, you're getting so much better at those. The slashing uh, and the dashing? Yes, you, you yeah. nail them.
0: <laughs> you do. For the promo, they actually write it out for me now. They write and then they write dash. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just a little bit close when it comes to... That's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. um, So yesterday was the Feast of the Assumption of Our Blessed Mother. Next Tuesday is a feast not as high. I mean, obviously, Assumption is a a Holy Day of Obligation. It was a Holy Day of Obligation. Uh, But the Queenship of Mary, we celebrate the next week. And... Yeah, and Father Dave and I actually before the show were thinking, have we ever really talked much about our own personal devotions uh, to the Blessed Mother, and and what does that look like? So we thought that might be a great way to, to close the show, and also since it ties really nicely in uh, to that symposium that we're having on campus, which is really exciting.
1: Yeah, well, One of the things that I was sharing, and, and it's been a, a journey and just really kind of leading and walking with so many people, I, I was raised with— a mom and a dad that had a, a deep devotion to our lady and, and, you know, the rosaries was a part of, of, their, their life. And the family would do family rosaries, not like not every day or anything like that. But, but then I, it was one of the things that I, I, I liked Mary. I mean, who doesn't like Mary, but there were some, sometimes I got rubbed a little bit the wrong way with some people that um, just seemed, Like they forced it. Like I had to do what they did. I guess that was it. I had to do what they did. You know, they wore the scapular and they prayed the rosary every day and they did this. And if I wasn't, this is how I perceived it. It's not necessarily how it was presented. But if I wasn't doing what they did, I wasn't quite as good a Catholic. And I remember I was a postulant in the Franciscan community and it was a Carmelite monastery that we were going to retreat. And the individual was just gave just a beautiful talk of, of Our Lady, and, and it was just really very moving. And she talked; uh, he talked about consecrating ourselves to Our Blessed Mother. And one of the lines he said was, um, "She wants to be your mother." And I remember I was praying about that later that night, and there was something about that that rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, I love my mom; I don't, I don't need another mother. Um, and then as I was praying, I just sensed that that's that's not what she wanted to do. And I think that's the issue with some people is that they feel that Mary wants to take the place of either their mother or even Jesus. And that is not what Mary— I mean, the last person in the world who wants to take the place of Jesus is Jesus' mother, right? <laughs> right? So I remember I, I remember sitting in the chapel that night, and it was just really a breakthrough in, in my relationship with, my, with the Blessed Mother, in that she didn't want to take away anything. Our Blessed Mother always adds to. Mm. And it was just a, a real beautiful—and from that, it's just been— you know, again, it was not like I was ever against the Blessed Mother, but it became much more personal for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. You know, in my own life, I have shared before that uh, my I've been Catholic my whole life, but really I'm grateful to a lot of evangelical Protestants in a ministry called Young Life when I was in high school. Uh, that got me on fire for Jesus, on fire for the scriptures, and were pretty respectful of my Catholic faith. Now, obviously, Protestants have a different understanding of Mary. In fact, just wouldn't mention her or talk about her. And uh my own Catholic school upbringing sadly there wasn't really anything about Mary to speak, you know, to speak of. They just never talked about any of the Marian doctrines or anything like that. Even the church I went to, they had a it was kind of an odd church and they had a statue in the courtyard of a modern-day-looking teenager breastfeeding a child, and it was like Madonna and child. So I never really grew up with any um, Marian images, rosaries. My When my Irish Nana moved in, she had a lot of pictures of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and I'm pretty sure she gave me a few rosaries. I didn't know how to pray a rosary, so I just kind of put them on my desk and, and went about my life. When I got to college, I started to volunteer for a Catholic youth group. And some of the kids... In the Catholic group, were saying that they thought the church's teaching on Mary was stupid, and I I remember I spoke up. I said, "Hey, you know what? Um, you're talking about Jesus's mom, and Jesus could have picked any woman in all of human history to have his mom, and he picked Mary. So there's got to be something going <laughs> there on something, about Mary. Right? There may be uh, that something maybe to we this. should be looking at, right? And I was also just speaking to myself. They were like, "Oh, that's a really good point," and I thought. Yeah, that is a really good it's a really point. Good point. You know, it's just—it just wasn't something that, you know, I, I'd really thought too much about. Um, I remember when the Catechism of the Catholic Church was published. I went to a Catholic bookstore and I bought a copy of the Catechism, and they also had a a book, a little pamphlet called "How to Pray the Rosary." In retrospect, it was a little weird. On the back was a picture of like a nuclear explosion and a big circle where clearly our basic no, could mother's see image was in the nuclear could, bomb or something I, like that? I could see that. No, that makes sense to me. I could yeah. see that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I started praying the rosary. Um, I mean, now I'm like just about graduating college at this point, so I'm probably 21, 22 years old. But I'm praying the rosary, I'm reading the catechism, and I would really credit my praying the rosary while reading the catechism as just a huge part of just a deeper conversion to Mm -hmm. the sacrament Mm -hmm. of the Eucharist and the the truths of the Catholic faith. And, of course, in God's perfect timing, it was only a couple months later that I showed up at this town that I never heard of called Steubenville, Ohio, to speak at a youth conference. And met
1: Dave Pavanka.
0: Yeah, and I met Dave Pavanka. And it was as I was praying the rosary there, because I was trying to figure out what the Lord wanted me to do. Should I stay in Florida and do music or go to L.A. and do acting? And it was in the midst of the rosary that I heard... Drop everything and move to Steubenville. Drop everything and move well, to Steubenville. And that's so, just
1: seriously, Bob. That's pretty impressive. I mean, it's L.A., Miami, or Steubenville.
0: Yeah, right. I'm, Orlando, I'm, I'm, sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm so I'm so grateful you chose what you did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Go to Nazareth and go to the bootlegs. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, and I was always so grateful that Mary was just so nice to me when I didn't feel like I was ever really nice to her. I mean, for like a long time, I. I was just stunned that she cared for me. You know, I mean, again, I I never had a devotion. I didn't even know how to pray the rosary. I, I still like had a little bit of like Protestant hesitation because I would meet people who I just thought were just so over the top. All they talked about was Mary. And and it was a turnoff to me. It was like, are you guys ever going to talk about Jesus? Do you know who Jesus is? A, a big freedom for me was reading, uh, doing the, the uh, consecration of Louis de Montfort to Our Blessed Mother. And his whole phrase was, to Jesus through Mary. And that's when it really clicked for me. You know, that, again, Jesus picked Mary out of all, the whole human race. And who can lead us to her son better than the mother? But her desire is always about bringing people to her son. And even from a theological standpoint, one of the things I love the church says about all of the Marian doctrines is that all of the Marian doctrines are actually in defense of Jesus, You know, they never just proclaim a doctrine for the sake of, you know, this would be nice. But, you know, whether it's the Immaculate Conception or the Assumption that we just celebrated, all of these things point back to the fact that Jesus had Mary as his true mother. You know, his human, you know, DNA was that of Mary. He looked like Mary, right? And he was fully God and fully man. So even the proclamation that Mary is mother of God— wasn't trying to say that she's the mother of all creation in that sense, but it was actually an acknowledgement that Jesus in his flesh was God, you know, that Jesus was fully God, fully man like us in all things, but sin. So since then, I mean, I've, um, I've, you know, I love our blessed mother. The rosary is a part of my life, but it's not a, a, you know, at times at seasons in my life, I pray the rosary every day. Other times I might just pray a decade, or well, maybe you can start speaking that a little bit, Father Dave, because I do think sometimes, uh, in a negative sense, we can you can come across people who, I don't know, they they just kind of you do feel a little bit of pressure, like what's your problem? Why aren't you praying the rosary every day, or why aren't you doing right. this that, or, or
1: right? But I, the thing, the thing that I think you said was important is seasons of your life. I mean, there are some people that praying the rosary every day is a part of what they do. I would say I pray the rosary most days, you know but it's like, if I don't pray the rosary a particular day, I don't freak out. I don't say, oh my gosh, I broke my streak or it's not something like that. Right? <laughs> right. But, but, but again, like I remember dealing with a student who was really struck. She, she at one time was praying the rosary every day and, and I'm sure other people would approach this differently, but it was just causing her anxiety. And I said, relax. I mean, the blessed mother isn't, isn't like this harsh mother that's and she just wants you to, to know her son. So she stopped for a while. And it was like this see use the word season. I think there's something about that for some people. Again, I, if an individual feels called to pray the rosary every day, by all means, praise the pray the rosary every day. But if it's becoming a burden that's not life-giving, that's not leading you to Jesus. Or if you almost – this is one of the things that, that I've struggled with, again, having dealt with lots of people over the years, is this is not superstition. This is mm-hmm. not – I remember – a kid who was nervous about taking off the scapular because they had to go in for a medical procedure, um, as if 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 that wasn't on, you know. So it's it's not it's not superstition. It's not magic. It's a relationship, and that's right. really I think what's most key. And and I think you you beautifully said it, Bob. Was that it's supposed to lead us to Jesus, you know? And I remember I was at a at a Protestant university, Taylor University, and they brought me into one of the classes and. That it was really beautiful. The professor is a professor. Uh, his specialty was the Gospel of Luke. And he was talking about, I mean, you can't pay attention to the first couple of chapters of Luke and not say, oh, my goodness, Mary is a fairly significant figure in this, right? Right. right? And, and and he, you know, I so appreciated his honesty. He said, my experience is as Protestants, if we say anything about Mary, people like, what, are you Catholic? So mm-hmm. because of that, we don't say anything about her. And he, and he said, I'm, I fear that we've thrown out the baby with the bathwater, is that you cannot read the Gospel of Luke or the Gospels, but this was his specialty, and say, oh, there's something to this person that we need to look at more. So,
0: Yeah, what she says, and this is in Scripture, is from henceforth, all generations will call me will blessed. Will call me
1: blessed, right, And,
0: um, yeah, I've actually had some great—yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're private conversations with Protestants. You know, they're almost like, yeah, right, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think she's pretty cool. We just— you know, yeah, so yeah. much about that, and you're right. I think there is. I mean, of all the things between Catholics and Protestants, I think Mary um, is like the most obvious Catholic. Yeah,
1: it's it's thing. one of them. That's right. That's
0: absolutely yeah, that's right. part of it. And and I that's think sometimes right. it's because again, we can always, you know, when we always look at maybe the most extreme of the other and try to make it the norm, and so. Particularly when you see around the world some of the extravagant uh, and I would say beautiful devotions to our Blessed Mother, but their perspective is you—you you guys, wow! You, you mean you guys don't even know Jesus? But here you are worshiping the statue of Mary, right, right, right. and of course the Marian miracles are just so amazing. But they sound crazy right. if you don't. You know, know what happened, and know that they actually legitimately happened. Like there's actual proof of what happened at Fatima. It sounds just like that's nonsense. That kind of stuff doesn't happen. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. maybe to conclude with it, I think you know that theme of uh, you know being drawn to Jesus. I love what um, John Paul II he wrote a beautiful encyclical on the Rosary, and that's actually where he proposed the Luminous Mysteries. You know, which focus on the life Mm -hmm. of Jesus. But he talked about how. The rosary at its heart is is a contemplation of the life of Christ through the eyes of his blessed mother. And I can tell you that just hearing that also changed my perspective of the rosary from just being, you know, 10 Hail Marys uh, Mm -hmm. to really, you know, taking time to open up the scripture and just briefly reading what that mystery is about and then just saying, okay, Mom, show me this through your eyes. And again, I've been just so blessed— you know, so blessed with that. So,
1: Amen. So, Amen. Well, let's it, pray. It, it, yeah. Good. Let's just pray. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, I was thinking, Bob, why don't we just pray the Hail Mary? That sounds good. Just asking, uh, asking intercession as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
0: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
1: Mary, pray for us. May the Lord bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Father Dave. Sir Robert. And thank you all for listening. Uh, always feel free to shoot us an email hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. Mm-hmm. That was great.